0: To flow through us, Lord, let it not be from us, but from you. Amen. Amen. All right. Good morning.
1: Good afternoon. Good good evening.
0: evening And good night. (laughs) I am John. I'm Arvin. And welcome to Behind
1: the Scenes. Of Our Best Days.
0: Yay. This is season two. We're really
1: enjoying it. We're Um, halfway through season two. This is episode five. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We're moving right along.
0: Yeah. So as you guys are hearing this, we're actually recording this in the summer of 2021 Yeah, in the middle of getting ready for victory conference. Mm -hmm. We have a fall Mm -hmm. production that we're doing in October that we're really excited about and our Christmas production both include film segments and live acting with musical portions and a lot of things. It's so anyways, but for those of you who are just tuning in, This is basically a behind-the-scenes look at ministry, at Mm -hmm. production, but all within the confines of the church. We hit on a little bit of everything. At Victory, we do this confession at the beginning of every service that we say. Uh, My best days are right in front of me. But we all know that our best days has a behind-the-scenes. So that's what we're here about. But um, anyways, so today... We actually me and Arvin started talking about mm-hmm. this yesterday. Both of us grew up, we we both love sports. Yeah. Um, and we started talking about dynasties, seasons and programs. Yeah. Dynasties, seasons and programs. And if yeah. you're like I hate sports, just just hold on.
1: Just hold on. Yeah. Chill. It's not Have all you ever about met that. anyone that like hates sport? I know people that like don't care for it, but does anyone hate sports? All I know is that
0: growing up in a youth group, every youth pastor was like a quarterback that was really good in high school oh, yeah, yeah. or a or a football <laughs> or a basketball player yeah. and then like yeah. he went to college and didn't play pro and he's yeah. like I'll be a youth pastor. <laughs> 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 and so all of his All every youth pastor, their examples were like, you know,
1: (laughs) their uncle Rico,
0: (laughs) yeah, Uncle Rico, like in Napoleon Dynamite.
1: Oh my gosh, that's funny.
0: Did you, did that not happen to literally? Okay, so my parents would travel, yeah. Um, my parents uh, helped start, help start. Um, (laughs) they (laughs) They were part of the team, they were no, they, um, God spoke to them, they, they were the pastors and they started victory, yeah. So because my parents would travel and speak, they would bring, and we, we didn't go on vacations growing up. We had free days yeah. <laughs> on our minis- yeah. on my parents' ministry Same. vacations. Yeah, And so anyways, long story short, they would take us mm. to all the places they would preach at, Yeah, and we would always complain. We'd be like, Mom and Dad, we don't want to sit in the adult service. Can we sit in the youth service? Mm-hmm. So I had the opportunity, which I'm sure you being a pastor's kid also, Tons. you had the opportunity of sitting in... A billion kid services sure. and youth services, yeah. not just the ones at your church, yeah. but at wherever your dad would go and minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I remember being 15 or 14, and I was like, there's a theme of like, I don't want to say washed up quarterbacks, but like, <laughs> but people who are just like, yeah, you know, I, I could have gone pro, but God called me to youth ministry. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, right. Like, I remember being 15 and being like, I call your bluff. Yeah but that Amazing. was also probably just a bitter version of myself and I needed to be at the <laughs> maybe altar. Maybe you knew
1: you were supposed to be doing that and you were like, I can do better. Yeah. Maybe, maybe was, it was me. I was, like, frustrates you yeah, I was like, yeah, I was literally
0: me seeing myself in a mirror and I was upset because I was like, I'm just kidding. I could have never gone pro <laughs> in any sport. Oh. Um, but
1: <laughs> in poker, maybe. Can I tell you, can I tell you there was one, there was a, you brought it up and made me think of yeah. this. There was a, a conference my dad was speaking at in the Pacific Northwest and Um, the youth were like all the 14 to 17 year olds and there wasn't a planned youth speaker. And I was 14. So I was like, I should be the youth speaker. But I, they didn't know that. I was like, God will tell them. And he didn't tell them. Good thing he didn't tell. What ended up (laughs) happening was. Wait, wait.
0: So you were in this room, you were observing what was going on and you were like. God has obviously called me to preach. Yeah. I
1: thought like I was I was twelve when I knew I wanted to. So this is two years in. I'm a veteran. Oh, <laughs> oh my wow. god. But what ended up happening is more funny because there was this twenty something year old dude that as far as I could tell was not a Christian. And the leader of the conference, uh, this will inform you as to some Persian people. They're very like, ah, go with the flow kind of stuff. You're there. Persian. Yes. I'm For from Iran. Who's just now. watching. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> <Did> you? <laughs> <laughs> I get <laughs> upset. But this guy, they go to him at the conference and they're like, can you just like say some stuff to the young youth? And he was like, sure. And then his first time preaching, not a Christian, first time preaching was like three days in a row at this conference. And uh, it was devastating. <laughs> it was there's so, nothing. I'm hearing him say stuff that like, I'm like, this is so, I don't know that this guy knows scripture. He's quoting like random people like Ram Dass. Like, I mean, there's yeah. really nothing wrong with that, but like. Yeah. It was a shame. Anyways.
0: <laughs> oh, that is funny. Yeah. Guys, please let us know. I want to the hear comments below. We yeah. want to hear your stories. What's your cringiest church cringiest stories? Cringiest Church stories where you're like, I remember being at a conference. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they did that. Like, yeah. Yeah. There is a superfluous amount of Definitely. those types of stories. But yeah. Anyways, in, in going into this, we were so we were kind of talking about like in sports. They have this thing called a dynasty, and a yeah. dynasty is basically like, for example, the University of Alabama. Sure. Roll Tide. I'm yeah. not an Alabama fan, but they have a dynasty because they've won national championship after national championship. Yeah. And or OU sure. or um, like Ohio State or sure. or or some of these big schools that it's like, yeah. you always hear them winning mm-hmm. national championships for a season in basketball, it's, it was Duke right? where they have a dynasty of just winning and winning yeah. and winning. yeah. And they don't, and you know, you've probably heard coaches say like, well, we graduated some really great guys. Mm-hmm. So this is a rebuilding year. A mm-hmm. dynasty doesn't have a rebuilding year. They have a reloading year mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. where they don't rebuild. They reload mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. where it's like, if you have a five-star athlete that gets hurt, a five-star athlete replaces them mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, man, yeah. you guys are unreal. Right. That's a dynasty. Right. And then a great season is mm-hmm. where you basically, and and maybe if you grew up around high school, mm-hmm. college, or whatever sports, mm-hmm. you were like, man, I remember my sophomore year. Yeah. We had such a great basketball team. We went to state. We won the state championship. The following year, we didn't do anything. Well, that was because you had one great season. Sure. Yeah. And then a program. So we're now we're talking about the difference between dynasties, mm-hmm. seasons, and programs. Mm-hmm. A program is where it's like, hey, year in and year out, we have a really great program. We may not win mm-hmm. national championships, mm-hmm. but it's a we have a solid program yeah. to where and they and literally mm-hmm. um Uh, Like athletic directors, superintendents, whenever they are even giving uh, school tours to like have your student come to this high school, middle school, college, they go, we want our kids to be a program kid to where when they leave they smell and they walk and they talk like our program, whatever that school is. Anyway, so now that you guys know the differences of it, we wanted to kind of dive in.
1: Yeah, I remember we were just talking, most of these things come out of conversations John and I are having. um, And this one came from the difference between places that are willing to compromise their integrity and authenticity for the sake of, oh, we just want to win this they're very short term in their thinking. It happens in churches sometimes, it happens in schools, It just about any organization that's trying to achieve a goal. It could happen in a personal life as well. For example, a a, a human equivalent is, earlier on in my twenties, I thought, I just want to be in shape. So I will do anything it takes, quote unquote, to get in shape. And what I would do is not eat well, not sleep well, I would just go to the gym a lot. That works for about 45, 50 days. That works for a good season. Perhaps, and then my body would break down, and nowadays it's like I'm less interested in looking a certain way and more like is my body okay? Am I sleeping enough, eating well enough? That applies to a human being physically, emotionally, spiritually. It applies to organizations in every category, every genre. and churches specifically, there was for lack of a better process. There were a lot of movements where it was the charisma of this one guy or this one girl or this one girl. Let's just like lean into that. And our church is about that. The problem with that is you probably have good seasons with that every so often, but it's not a culture and it's not something to, you get a bunch of people replicating the the best speaker or the best performer You don't necessarily get good programs. You don't like, like there was a whole thing, speaking of sports, where there were kids changing the way they played basketball because of a certain athlete that they idolized and they all wanted to behave like that athlete. Well, what that does is creates a terrible team with a terrible approach to uh, what teamwork is about. You mean on a team not everyone can be Michael Jordan. No, exactly. And if even if you look at that guy in particular, uh, you realize like he needed a lot of those pieces that were around him. There were a lot of shots that he didn't make that Steve Kerr made or whoever else did. So what it comes down to is it would be great if Globally, the church was much more interested in the culture that they're creating uh, versus oh, I just want to be the next thing. I just want to be the next person with the microphone because there's nothing more gross than begging for a microphone and then you finally get it and you just look up and up from the podium and you're like, yikes, mm. this is terrifying. So we were just discussing, and I think it's worth saying on the podcast like there is a massive difference between a God-given Dynasty, quote unquote, and a man-driven, like we'll just do what it takes. Just make this good.
0: Just make this fine. Whatever, whatever. Okay. So, for instance, we're going to now mend these bridges between mm. our sports analogies and and church. Yeah. So, for instance, this is an example. We're not talking about any any individual. We will tell you and say their names sure. if we are. <laughs> yeah. 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 We. Yeah. <laughs> Let's throw them under the bus. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'll um around. So, <laughs> okay, so there is, let's say, a ministry has an incredible worship leader. Sure. Someone who is kind of a goat. Yeah, yeah. You know, you guys have heard the term the goat. Greatest of all time. Greatest yeah. of all time. Yeah. They can play every instrument, like... Um, you know, the profound artist prints. Mm-hmm. They can sit down at the drums. They can sure. play the bass and guitar. They can even write songs. Sure. And when they sing, oh man, and they're very pretty. Or if mm-hmm. they're a guy, they're very good looking. Mm-hmm. They are awesome. Well, all of a sudden, this goat begins to, whenever he's done worshiping, he's like, I'm not going to sit in service because... I've been here all week, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna hang out. Oh, and maybe during the sermon, I'll run to Sonic or whatever. Right. I just said Sonic <laughs> because I have no
1: idea. They but are a sponsor. We do have to name. Them. Yeah, just that's yeah. not true. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: it, all of a sudden, you start seeing weird character changes. Yeah. In this worship leader. Yeah. Very much how um, a star wide receiver or a incredible soccer player, sure. um, all of a sudden start skipping class right. in school. Yeah. The coaches become aware of it. The mm-hmm. pastor becomes aware of these weird character slip ups yeah. of this star individual and they sit down or they avoid confrontation because they're like, let's just hope it works itself out. Let's yeah. give them some time. Yeah. They're too valuable. Yeah. Like they're so gifted and talented. Right. Well, then other players on the team Mm -hmm. or other people on the worship staff Mm -hmm. begin to notice. And then they're like, hey, this person who is amazing, they still get asked to lead out in worship. And what's what's scary Mm. is that you can still, because of, and I think Arvin said this in season one because God cares so much within a church context, mm-hmm. because God cares so much about the people in that church service, the anointing can actually still be there when sure. someone doesn't have character. Sure. Uh, case in point, Saul. Yeah. Even when Saul, even when the hand of God moved from Saul to David, mm-hmm. Saul still reigned as king.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: For years. Absolutely. Yeah. And people felt the favor of God mm-hmm. underneath the leadership of Saul even right. when Saul was not the dude anymore yeah behind the scenes the hand of God shifted to David mm-hmm. so anyways whenever you are banking on one thing that you're guaranteed to have a good season but not maybe not a program and maybe not a dynasty mm-hmm. is when this talented individual you know is like a coach goes hey i know that you know, you got in trouble for this, you got in trouble for that. You're skipping class. Don't do that anymore. Right. Um, But Friday night is this home football game and it's a big football game. Yeah. And we still need you to play. Yeah. We still need you to show up and do right. your thing.
1: Right. We had an example with um, with a, a young guy. Johnny Manziel was like this big, big deal at Texas A&M. He was and a college football player. College football player, which I care very little about it. But the example was pressing because I remember reading about him. He's like, he's either six days younger than me or six days older. We're like very close so in age. So this
0: guy's currently alive, so you can Google yeah, him. Yeah, I mean,
1: he's in his late 20s. So um, I remember reading about how Obviously, he goes to become a professional and it just blows up in his face. It just does not work constantly because he had these terrible habits that he could tolerate in college. And then when he went into the the league, when he became a professional, those habits weren't going to work anymore. So they ruined his career. So basically,
0: wherever he was in college,
1: he was literally hot stuff. Yeah. And no one had incentive to discipline him because if a coach was to hold him accountable, I'm not going to blame anybody but him. But if a coach was to hold him accountable, he could lose his job. You
0: mean the coach could lose his The job. coach could lose his job. So
1: basically, yeah. this dude was probably one of the
0: best things to ever happen to Texas A&M. Yeah, again, we're not bashing on a college. Well, maybe we are. Yeah. We're from It's an Oklahoma. example. It's, it's prevalent in society. It, it applies yeah. to a lot more
1: places than it does. It applies yeah.
0: to someone who's a very talented graphic designer yeah. at a creative firm. Sure. It applies to someone who's a lawyer at a lawyer firm. Yeah. and They're an incredible hotshot, yeah. but yet they do things that are shady. Yeah. And whoever is the boss or leader yeah. over a ministry, organization, sports team, yeah. if they don't discipline, if they go, hey, actually, you're mm. not going to play. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Even though I know we are like, let's just say for Texas A&M, Johnny mm-hmm. Manziel, Texas A&M, their big rivalry is the University of Texas. Hey, we're playing the University of Texas, mm-hmm. but you've not been at class. Mm-hmm. And even though you literally bring in so many fans mm-hmm. and I could possibly lose my job because yeah. I'm an idiot, quote unquote, from other people's mouths for right. not playing you. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to bench you yeah. because what we're building at Texas A&M is much bigger than Johnny Manziel. Right. But that didn't happen. We are trying to build a pro. We're trying to yeah. build a dynasty. Yeah, And so we're going back to what Arvin said in the beginning of the podcast where you can't build something that lasts a long time right. on the shoulders of a individual. Yeah. That's why Chicago Bulls, they're good. Mm -hmm. They're no longer a dynasty, Mm -hmm. but they definitely built a lot of things on the goat on Michael Jordan, sure. which understood Phil Jackson, you know, like, I don't want to get too deep into sports, but if you guys are helping to connect the
1: dots in your mind of what I'm saying. Yeah. The bottom line is the kingdom of God is not interested in abusing people to drain their gift out of them. Mm. And that's the system that we're describing. It's not bashing on any particular sports team or school or anything. The idea is it's a simple, when you look at sports, that's a great place to see it, obviously, where people are incentivized for short-term wins. It's just let me do the best I can in this short period of time, not what's necessarily great for the whole. We talked about it as it applies to music. There are people we've um, been talking about. Jay-Z is an example of... There are lyrics he's written. Jay-Z is a famous rapper for anyone who doesn't Absolutely. Know. If you haven't, you should Google him. Um, but either way, long term, there are going to be people 50, 100 years after Jay-Z has died who are still hearing his lyrics and going, wow, that was very profound and very ahead of its time versus a mumble rapper who... Which is a genre that like yeah. spiked two or three years ago if you just google mumble rapping you're gonna go huh? exactly but a lot of people I mean they'd have a good producer make a good beat and then they'd literally just get high on whatever and then kind of mumble into a microphone and that would blow up but then those mumble rappers you'll notice like Jay-Z puts out an album probably every several years these dudes would put four or five albums out a year because the quality of their work was so low they're going I just wanna like they asked one guy in particular his name's Lil Uzi Vert they asked him like why are you a rapper? And he said, I am trying to become wealthy. Like, no shame, nothing. That was his goal. He's saying, I'm just going to figure out what the culture will pay attention to I'm just going to see what will get me the most attention at my church. I'm just going to pay attention to what's going to make me look good and have a in good reputation. Season. So this So yeah. they're
0: banking everything on, mm-hmm. let's have a great season. And I'll
1: sacrifice uh, friendships, relationships. In a church context, it's I will mistreat volunteers. I Ooh. will do whatever it takes. I'll step on people below me because I want to be a preacher or whoever in a microphone. And uh, you see it time and time again where people who are not trying to be on camera and on stage who are wanting to be faithful, uh, are mistreated because they're not necessarily, they're there to serve the house and certain gifted people are justifying mistreatment because, well, I want to be in charge. I want to be delivering the message. I want to be an important person. And we've seen time and time again, we won't name anybody, but cultures at churches blowing up people. This is the most devastating part. People, who don't necessarily have a very high EQ or IQ are just so wounded by a leader mistreating them, they will leave the entire faith because they can't reconcile a leader. So that's a person who has misstewarded what God's entrusted to them.
0: Oh yeah, there's a and there's a. I mean, I don't mean to sound doom and gloom, but there's a scripture that Jesus is like: if you lead people astray, it's better that a millstone is tied, tied around, around your neck, neck and thrown into the sea. Yeah. So it's so it's like it's unfortunate. And then those leaders or or these really talented individuals, mm-hmm. um, basically Johnny Manziel's of sure. ministry. Sure. I know we keep saying that dude's name. That's really sad, but yeah. it's a prevalent example. Okay, yeah. it's an I example. Think of dozens but like, of others. Johnny Manziels that are worship leaders, that are um, pastors, that are really gifted and talented. Or aspiring to be. A lot of young people who
1: want to be there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then not really counting the cost or the ripple effect of their actions, but because they're gifted and talented, they're just like, hey, I'm really just focused on this season. Right. As opposed to building a program or a dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. So, and one thing I—I I had a conversation. I also work in our school. Victory Christian School is a great place to enroll your kids. This is a plug, of course. <laughs> uh, we have a Christian school that's got a, um, close to a thousand students, um, K, pre-K through 12th grade. Well, I get—I—I I have the opportunity to serve and to work with the strength and conditioning. So mm-hmm. I work with athletes with weightlifting and mm-hmm. sports performance. Now, I don't coach a sport, mm-hmm. but I'm in the weight room and I I love it because I actually get to yeah. be in contact and impact every sport because yeah. every sport wants to get stronger, bigger, stronger and faster. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of and that was my my major in college was sports medicine. So in that, I I remember working with this one coach who's no longer at our school and he was, I mean, Twitter famous, like a hotshot dude, and yeah. um, actually, like a very charismatic individual. Yeah, things were not going as planned, mm-hmm. and I won't get into um, with the current season. Yeah, you know, we also had basically all freshmen and sophomores on a varsity team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these freshmen and sophomores are playing against. seniors Uh, seniors, yeah you know so anyways and he took over and i kept telling him and i was like hey whatever you're doing like let's focus on like what can we do that over time Mm -hmm. like atomic habits which is a great book but small things you do over time we can build a program because a program is about building consistency around culture yeah a dynasty is when basically that consistency within your culture, the hand of God comes on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like whenever mm-hmm. you're consistent with the culture at, like, let's say a ministry, when the hand of God moves on it, mm-hmm. then that's when you build a dynasty. Right. So anyways, I kept on telling him, and he really got disheartened. And at the end of this season, um, they didn't have a great season, obviously, because they are just young. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I asked him, and I was like, he was just like, I don't know, should I stay? Should I leave? I have this offer at this large 6A school that's like a really awesome powerhouse, and I go, okay, dude, you just need to ask yourself. There's people who want to be a part of something great, Mm -hmm. and then, there are a few people that want to build, build something. something great. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. There are people that want to be a part of something great. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that want to build something great. Mm-hmm. The people that want to build something great, literally, this is going to sound like an age old adage, but they embrace the process. Yeah, They don't see the current season yeah. as an equation of their identity. Right. They see, Oh, I'm so excited because this young freshman, is playing against these seniors. And we have implemented this specific offense, these specific drills that by the time they're a junior, Mm -hmm. oh man, we're going to have a program. And by the time they're a senior, we're going to have a dynasty because they are now teaching the freshmen what they learned when they were freshmen. And so that's within sports, that's how you build a program. Well, then you copy and paste that into churches. There are certain people that they will transfer or Uproot from one, like mm-hmm. if I'm involved at a ministry, sure. I will uproot from this ministry, sure, and I will go to this ministry because yeah. I want to be a part of something great, yeah. And then there are some people that they go, you know what? I want to build something great at yeah fill in the blank ministry, right? For instance with Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley at Victory. I'm not saying that Victory is a dynasty. I will say that there have been seasons that yeah. we have had dynasty moments. Mm-hmm. But our but we have tried to be like we've tried to build a program of mm-hmm. consistent yeah. culture. Yeah. And then within ministries, not that we are in competition with other ministries, it's more so like a look inward, a look behind the scenes, yeah. what looks like a win, what looks like a national championship, a Super Bowl win mm-hmm. for victory. Yeah. Oh man, we have those on a on a consistent basis. We yeah. go, oh man, yeah. the house always wins because it's not built around a goat. Right. It's not built around, you know, like, okay, this song hits in the club for a sure. certain yeah, yeah, amount yeah. of seasons. Right. Right. It's not built around a superstar. Right. It is It's built around the culture, the ethos, the behind the scenes of what we're doing. So anyways, that's kind of what we are
1: getting into. Absolutely. I think of a biblical example when God comes to Abram and says, I'm going to build a dynasty through you. Like he says it to David. He says it to Abram as well. He says, you're going to be the father of nations. And then Abram, in his own strength, attempts to make that happen. And people haven't really talked about this before, but if you think about it, Abram's got a, a problem. He's got an inability to have kids with his wife, very serious issue. And God has told him he's going to be the father of many nations. So he takes the weight of what God's been give, saying to him and he goes, How can I make this happen? And wh- he ends up like mistreating his wife's, um, what's her? Hagar? Hagar, the servant, and tries to have a baby with her and a lot of people have been under a very godly well-intentioned leader who's only trying to complete the god-given task that they've been told is their destiny but they're not stewarding it properly and so they hurt the hagar and Mm. hagar runs away because she's been mistreated, she's now she pregnant. has the baby yeah. Ishmael. She's trying to like live a life, and I've seen a lot of young Christian people like leave churches because a leader or someone uh, didn't understand their assignment. And you can tell how God feels about it because of the way He reacts. He tracks down Hagar, and He says, "I I understand. I see you." The other thing He does is He doesn't talk to Abram for thirteen more years, because Ooh. it says at the end of that chapter in Genesis. Uh this is what happened God said this to Hagar and then it says 13 years later cuz it happened he goes it literally says two sentences back to back this happened when Abram was 86 years old the next sentence is when Abram was 99 God spoke mm. to him and what God says when he shows up is he reintroduces himself
0: mm, he shows up good. when
1: Abram's 99 and he goes really? I am the Lord your God so he's saying it would be as though if, if you and I, after today, if I didn't see you for another 13 years and you didn't hear from me, you didn't wow. see me at all. Yeah. And then I, if you came back up, you go, hey, I don't know if you remember me. I'm Arvin. Uh, I, I worked with you in the U about 13 years ago. You know what I mean? That's how God shows back up. Because he's saying what you did delayed the actual dynasty that's supposed to happen. Wow. By treating something that you were entrusted to protect, you were supposed to create a culture where people of varying IQ and EQ and varying talents and gifts could actually plug in and thrive. What you tried to do was just make it happen in your own strength. I understand your intentions were good, and yes, you had heard from God. This is one of the nuanced things. This is the last thing I'll say. It's one of the nuanced things that that happens in churches that are charisma-driven, like one individual driven, is that that person hears from God, actually hears from God, and their intentions are very, very good. And then in the execution thereafter, unfortunately, they will mistreat people. I was sitting down with a pastor, this is from years ago, but I was sitting down with him who had um, kind of blown up in the ministry scene in the 90s, became a very big deal, was planted in a different major city with his own megachurch, millions of dollars, everything's going well, but He himself said this to me over lunch, maybe a year ago. He said, I saw people as pawns. I saw them as chess moves. I saw people as tools to make my God-given dream happen. And because of it, it all fell apart. The church blew up, lost his family, this, that, the other. There are too many stories like that. And it's because if you don't understand the difference between when God actually comes to you and says, this is my plan for your life, if you believe him, if you really have faith, then you're not going to mistreat people to make it happen. Even wow. behind the scenes of those best days, you're not going to do it. Because then you may it may work for a
0: season. Sure. But not a dynasty. Yeah. So today one thing that we're saying is basically going to what Arvin said. That is so good, Arvin. I even wrote that down. God reintroduces himself. Yeah. The great thing is, is that those who are listening, if you kind of are like, you guys are kind of everywhere with the sports analogies and the Bible and ministry, this is the bottom line, is that I believe you have a second chance. Yeah. God is reintroducing himself and you're able, whether you are a stay at home mom, or maybe you serve in a ministry, you have the ability and the opportunity to build something great. Yeah. Yes, to be a part of something great, but also to build something great. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be easy and you'll probably have to confront things that you go, oh man, Mm -hmm. but if I don't confront this thing, it'll work for a season. Yeah. But maybe God is trying to Reproduce something in you that is supernatural, maybe basically beyond your natural abilities. Absolutely. And so I want to say, God is reintroducing. Yeah. And He wants to do something in you. He mm-hmm. wants to build something great through you. Yeah. Um, and whatever that is, you know what that is. Write that down. Mm-hmm. Be like, well, what is the dynasty? Because mm-hmm. a dynasty really is basically it's a program, and a program is consistency, a consistent culture, mm-hmm. you know, small atomic habits day in and day out, the small things, and over time, they build to great. And then the dynasty is like when God's hand comes on it. Yeah. And so basically doing all of your work unto the Lord, doing those small things into the Lord, and then all of a sudden, like Arvin said, if you believe that God has called you to do something great, his hand comes on it mm-hmm. then that's when the dynasty is made yeah so anyways hey thank you guys for tuning into this episode we hope you liked it yeah and if you didn't tell us <laughs> let us know yeah, yeah. let us know because we are trying to build a, a dynasty a dynasty <laughs> so hey we love you guys again my name is john my name is arvin we are your friends thanks you thanks you thanks you for we tuning, thanks you we thanks you for tuning into behind the scenes of our best days
1: see ya